Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. much better. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys are doing great. And uh, I'm very excited in this morning about this message because this is one of the, of, of the truths of God's word that has most impacted my life and my family. So today I will be talking about shaping our family and reclaiming God's original plan and purpose. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 25. We are going to read this passage from the Bible, God's Word. And it says like this. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on ground. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much in this morning for your word, because your word never returns to you void. She always accomplishes what you have released it for. And Father, I just want to bless my brothers and sisters in this morning. I, I, I know they are fertile soil, where your, the seeds of your word are always going to be plenty, Father, in a, in, a, in a plenty harvest, Father. They will always produce. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you are giving me today to share with them what you have placed in my heart. Give me the right words and the right heart to express what you want to express today. We trust in you, Holy Spirit, and I thank you for every person and family that will be touched by these thoughts, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. It's really powerful what we see over here. Because God just took Adam and Eve, the first couple on earth, and he blessed them, you know, with just five very impactful words. Five verbs. And each one of them is really powerful. We don't have the time to go one by one today. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to speak some things about each one, but I want to go deeper, especially in the third, the third verb. But uh, let, us, let us talk a little bit about what these words mean. The first one, be fruitful. God was blessing them for them to be plenty, to be productive, for them to be able to have and, and, and to produce a lot. The second one, when he said to them, increase, he was talking about two things, about numerically, but also in every area. So basically, in this second verb, God was blessing us to be many, but also to be much. And I think there is a difference about being many and being much. Because many speaks about number, 
but much speaks about quality. You know, certain quality. God has given human beings the, the ability to be much, to grow in every area. And I believe you have experienced that in your own life. In any area in, in which you start sowing seeds and you start dedicating extra time to really improving it, you, you will notice that you will grow in it. That's part of God's blessing over us. The third one, feel, it is, it is, it is uh, translated to us like uh, just take over the land. But it is a really powerful Hebrew word that is called male. And that word male is really important. And I want to go deeper in this one. I will return to this one later on. Because it's not just about uh, take over the land. So the next one is subdue. And this subdue, in, in this subdue, God was blessing us for us not to be under the circumstances or under the things around, but for us to be over, for us to be uh, in control of what was going on around Actually, it means to force, to keep under, to bring into bondage. And those are really powerful ideas about this. And the fifth one, to rule and not to be ruled or subject, means tear down, scrape out, or trample. Trampled. And it's really interesting that it says that we should do that especially over those things that were moving over the earth, talking about the reptiles, talking about the serpent. God gave us the authority to trample over it, to step it. And uh, it is really powerful because God is still trusting in us in that way. Let us return to the third one, feel, male. That word Malay is not just about taking every area. That word Malay means to take something into its maximum potential. To develop something into its maximum potential. So basically what God wanted for this first couple was for them to be able to take the earth and develop every resource in earth into its maximum potential. For us to be able to transform a planet. And this is really powerful for me. And I, I, just, want, I just want to tell you what I see here. I, I'm not going to talk about our reality yet. <laughs> but I, I just want to talk about the potential that God sees in us. Because he's basically what he's planning or what he, what he, had, what he had in mind is I'm going to transform a planet. I'm going to shape it. I'm going to change it. That was God's intention, first intention. And when, when he was thinking about this, he didn't place in the garden an army. He didn't place in the garden an international company or business people. He didn't place in a garden even a church. He placed in a garden a couple, a family. Just consider that. Just think about that for a second. God placed a family when he was thinking about transforming a planet. That's, that's amazing. 
And that same potential, that same blessing is over us. And God said, I will give you what you need so you will be able to transform the planet. I will give you the authority for you to subdue, to take everything under control, but also to be able to tear down anything that will oppose you and to be able to trample over any serpent or enemy. You will step over it. And that's really, that's, that's, that's really sad when you start noticing what happened with humans after, the, after all these blessings. Because we can now understand that God created us to be over and not under. To bring order and not disorder. To be fruitful and not frustrated. To increase, not to lack. To transformation, not deformation. That, that was God's intention for us. And it still is his intention for us. For us to be able to live in this kind of realm, in this kind of reality, in our daily circumstances. And I know it sounds crazy, especially when you start noticing that in many areas we are not over but under. And somehow we need to understand that Jesus came in order for these things to be again established in our lives. And this is so powerful when you start believing in this and start to realize, okay, the Holy Spirit is with us so we can start walking in this reality in our daily basics. It is so powerful when you start noticing that God has invested all his best so we can return to this original plan. God, let me put it, let me try to express, express it better. We sometimes think too big about our sin. That's the truth. We, we, gave to, we, we give to our sin too much power. And uh, in, in one time in my life, I was really frustrated about my sin and about my struggles and about all the problems I was facing. And I, I almost heard, you know, the audible voice of Jesus saying to me, hey, man, when are you going to just get over it? <laughs> get over yourself, bro. Get over it. I, I am not going to be stopped by your sin. I'm not. You know, one of the things that we need to consider, really consider, and come into terms if we are going to believe it or not, is that Jesus dealt with sin once and for all. Yeah, thank you, Lord, because three people in this place believe that. Jesus dealt with your sin once and for all. Yeah, give, give Jesus an applause. He, he deserves it. You deserve it, Jesus. Yeah, he dealt, he dealt with it once and for all. That's not any longer an issue. It's no longer an issue. God is not looking to you from your sinful experiences or from your sins or the things you are struggling with today. God is not judging you about that because he already judged Jesus for that. He just cursed Jesus so he can bless you. And he killed Jesus not, not just for you. 
But he killed Jesus as you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is basic gospel 101. <laughs> you know, basic gospel. He killed Jesus, not just for you. Sometimes, so many times, we just think about this part, and, and as Christians, we are very comfortable with it. He, he, you, you died for me. Yes, that's true. He died for me. But not just that. He died as me. He took my place. So I'm not longer in a place of judgment. I'm not longer in a place of luck. Come on. I will repeat it. I'm no longer in a place of judgment. I'm no longer in a place of lack. I'm already seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Yes, that's true. And you can see that in Ephesians when the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he started writing to the church in Ephesus. He started saying, hey, guys, I'm writing to you, the Christian people in Ephesus, because we are seated in heavenly places. But I see two places that he's referring to them at that passage. He said, you are in Ephesus, but you are in heavenly places. Yes, we are in Austin, but we are in heavenly places. So there is a difference about our position and our condition. Our condition is we are in Austin right now. But we are also our position in heavenly places. And sometimes we see in our daily walk with God such a gap between her, her condition and our position. And I believe the Holy Spirit is walking with us so we can start just closing the gap. Closing the gap. And it's not, it's not that hard. It's not about doing certain routines or workouts, you know, like when you are working your muscles, it's just a position of faith. It's just a position of love. It's very interesting that when Jesus is writing a letter to that same church in Revelations, the church of Ephesus, he says to them, hey guys, you have forgotten your first love. And he said, return to the place. Return to the place. Return to a position. I gave you a position. Seated with me in heavenly places. Return to the place where you were at first. Can you, can you think about that just for a second? There is a place in which we need to return. And that's not by just working certain things or doing certain deeds. It's about a position of faith, believing, and that place, that first place is the first love. So we need to start re just thinking about ourselves in the same way Jesus is thinking about us. Let me just go a little bit deeper here. I'm, not, I'm, too, I'm pushing this idea a little bit too much, but it is just the gospel. So we need to. We need to come in terms with it. God told us, hey, from this day on, we are not going to consider anyone according to the flesh. We are not going to know anyone according to the flesh. Have you heard that from the Lord? Why are you still thinking about yourself according to the flesh? Why do you still believe in that you are in the place of luckness, the place of need, the place of failure, 
when God is telling you once again, once and once again, hey, hey, you need to see it yourself according to the Spirit. You need to, you need to start coming in terms with the guy or with the girl that you see in the mirror every morning when you say, oh, gosh, yeah. God is saying, hey, 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 don't look at that like that way. It's according to the Spirit. I have told you certain things. I have told you that you can. I have told you that you have. I have told you that you are. So why you think you don't have, you can't, you are not. So one of we, you know, one of, or, or either God is lying or I am lying. I might already spoke about that over here, but we need to repeat that to ourselves. One of us is lying, and I already know who. And it's not him. It's the lie is on me. And God is telling us, hey, guys, let us return over that. The truth, however, is that sin and brokenness have fractured God's original call and design. Families have drifted from the original call. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus came and paid such a price so we can return to God's original plan. We are not going to just put up with this mess and try to just, I don't know, just accept it or whatever. No, it's not that way. We have a place in Jesus in which we can start looking things again according to God's original design. God not only had a design for the family, but he has a unique calling for each family the more you understand God's unique design and call for your family, the more fulfilled and purposeful, um, purposeful, and purposeful and powerful you are. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 15, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Every family, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. This is the really beautiful thing. Your family has a name. And God knows it. And in the Bible, the term name is not just about how you can differentiate one from the other. It's not just Tato, you know, Claire, Thomas. It's, it's more than that. In the Bible, the name used to express an identity. It used to express a nature. A nature. So when in the Bible says that God took every animal, animal to Adam and he gave a name to every animal, it's not just that he was looking at the animal and said, oh, you look like a lion, so you are going to be a lion. No. Actually, God allowed Adam to decide how that animal was going to be and his nature. He was establishing an ecosystem for that animal. It was not just, oh, you look so nice, so you are going to be called Tato. <laughs> he was expressing a whole nature, a whole type of, you know, characteristics and potential. And, and how they were going to express their praise and worship to the Lord. That's what the Bible means when the Bible speaks about a name. So God is saying, hey, it's from me, from where every family derives their name. God has a, 
a name for you. He knows who you are. He knows who your family is. He also knows what your family should be doing. What is the role of your family? And it's from him from where we take that nature, from where, from where we understand and we can learn what we are here for. This is very important because God has not changed his plan. He, he is once and once again returning us to the same place of fruitfulness, abundance, and bless. And we need to understand the Bible starts with a garden but end up, ends up with a city. It starts with a couple but ends up with a generation. God has blessed us to grow, to develop. He will never change his idea just because you cannot come in terms with him. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He has showed us in the Bible once and once again that he always comes with his plan. He always has his will established. And he's going to have it in your family too. Well, probably not in this generation, but in the next one. But why not in this one? It happened to Israel, the first generation that Moses took out from Egypt and he was walking with them into the promised land. That generation was full of doubts and idolatry in their hearts. And God was like, okay, I'm eternal. I can wait for another generation, you know. <laughs> and they were like, okay, let's walk around. Why not in our generation? Why not we can't just start, just start believing in God's plans for our children and for us. And, and it's as simple as just start understanding. He has a name for us. There are a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 11 that I want to share with you. And uh, again, I, I think I share with you and I want to share it again. When I was growing in my family, I... I I start taking a lot, a lot of my passion and my love for God's word from my parents. My father has a huge library f full of books, and he studies all, every day, and every time he's just studying God's word. And every time I go to his house, he always give me, gives me a new book, you know, like, a, hey, man, you need to read this. And I'm like, yeah, father. <laughs> and I'm always trying to keep up with him because he studies a lot. And, but from my mom, I learned that, Every time she was reading a Bible verse that was really impactful for her, she was always putting, you know, like a lipstick and putting a kiss over the Bible verse. So her, her Bible is full of kisses. So I learned from her that there are certain Bible verses that are for you to kiss, not just to read. For them, for you to, thank you, God, that's, this is for me. And appreciate what the Lord is saying. And this is one of those verses that I love to kiss. And it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 and 21. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Thank you, Lord. This chapter is called like the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame of Faith. And you see powerful men and women of God in this chapter because of powerful things they did. 
you know, like they confronted armies, they were able to survive through tremendous trials and tribulations, and they were, they, they conquered, you know, like empires and everything. God is saying that some of them even resurrected dead people, you know, really powerful stuff. But these two guys are in this list just for one thing. <laughs> they didn't resurrect anyone. They didn't confront any army. They didn't open the Red Sea. They were able to come in terms with God and understand what God had for their children. And they were able to speak the same thing over them. And God just placed them that there because of that. They were able to see, okay, this is what you say about my family, and I agree. I'm not going to keep up with what the enemy is saying about Jacob and Esau. No, I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to continue thinking about my children, what I've been thinking my whole life because they almost killed Joseph and wherever. No, I'm going to bless my children. And Jacob was even so bold that he was able to prophesy over not just Joseph's children, but also over the 12 of his children. He had a blessing for each one of them, a single blessing for each one of his children. What is God saying about your children? What is the Lord saying about you? What is God saying about your family? What is his identity for you? What is his call for you? Because there is a single call for every family, and God is not running out of blessings, you know? <laughs> The Bible says in, in Psalm chapter 138 that his thoughts for you are more numerous than the grains of sand in the, the seashore. Have you, have you taken at least just one fist of sand? I have. I have. Every time I go to the beach, there are two things that I do. Just a fist of sand. To remember that and open it and I see, oh gosh, you think about me a lot. And the second thing, I just look to the sea, you know, and I remember your love is even greater than that for me. He thinks about you and about your children even more than what you think about you and about your children. He has plans and purposes. He's full of destiny for each person in this auditorium today. He hasn't changed your mind about that just because of the circumstances we are facing. Just because of the bills or the mortgage or whatever. He's got, he hasn't changed his plan. And it was in, in, a, in a time in my, in, 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 back in Colombia, I was just, one day I was walking in a shopping mall, you know, and I was with my children and, and we were walking and I was like, oh, I wish I could have this or I wish I could buy that and I just felt the voice of the Holy Spirit just rebuking me and saying, hey, don't say that. Don't say you don't have. You say you can't. I have called you to be over every circumstance, over. If you find out that today you are in a place in which, in which you don't have enough for or you don't have time for, probably you are out of God's will. Because if you are in his perfect will and purpose, you are going to have what you need. 
because he always provides. The, actually, the word provision means for the vision, provision. If you are in God's vision, you are going to have what you need. He's perfect in bringing manna when you need it. He's perfect in multiplying the fish or the bread when we need it. The lack is not in him because the last thing I notice, God is not working in a budget. Yes. <laughs> the one that works in a budget is the enemy. That, that's why he's so afraid when you just get free from your budget. And I'm not meaning to be irresponsible. I'm meaning to be walking in faith. To be able to come in terms with the Lord and start pushing yourself, stretching the faith and closing the gap between the condition and the position. Start knowing that you are seated with God in heavenly places. And by faith, start believing what the Lord is saying about you and what God is saying about your children. In the, in the Bible, it's really interesting when you start noticing how God called different families. How he starts separating these families by cold. You know, he had a different call from Judah than the call he had for Levi. So different that the call he has from, the Benja from Benjamin to the call he had from Ephraim. He had different calls and he was separating them by families because he had a blessing and a call for each one of them that was very singular. The call that God has for you is singular. It's a singular call and God wants you to realize about this. So I want to finish just with this. We must see God and ask him to give us an insight into his heart and intention for our families. Just ask God, why did you bring our family together? What are the unique strengths and callings and purposes for our family? What do you want to do with us? How do you want to glorify yourself in and through us. And you may consider how am I going to do that? How can I just know what is God's intention for me and for my family? This is the beautiful thing about God. God says it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He has given us his Holy Spirit, and believe me, the Holy Spirit is all in in this. In the Bible, you can see how in Judges chapter 13. The angel of the Lord just came before a man called Manoah. And Manoah had something in his heart, some intention in his heart. He wanted to know what was God's purpose for his son and he, how he should raise his son. So he was like, Lord, send the angel again. Let me listen. Let me know what should I do with this son when this son is, is, gets birth, you know. And God sent his angel again. So he was there before the angel and he asked him, okay, when I have my son, how shall I raise him? How, what cares do I need to have? And the angel started talking to him, hey, he's going to be a Nazarene, so he's not allowed to drink this and eat that. And it's so interesting that God even will care about the diet. Yes. <laughs> 
He is that detailed, you know. He can't even talk to you about the diet. And he just pointed to his parents how he should be raised. You see the same example in the New Testament with Zechariah. is there in the presence of God. And the angel came before him and said, hey, you guys are blessed. I'm going to open the womb of your, of your wife and she's going to have a child. I'm going to bless it. She's going to have a child. And, and he started, without the father asking, he started giving also instructions. You need to raise your children in this way. He, this is the way he's going to be raised. This is the way, how, how, what, what you are going to speak to him. <clears throat> and it is so powerful for me that the same things that the angel spoke to his parent, his father, are the same things that the father declared over his son when he was first born, but are the same things that that baby, when he grew up and was already a man, John the Baptist, were, they were the same things that he was able to speak about himself. So for me, if he was able to say the same things that his father said to him when he was first born, it's just an evidence that when he was first born, that was not the only opportunity when Zacharias spoke those truths to his life. <clears throat> I can also see him many times just rebuking his son, saying, Hey, man, you shouldn't do that. But why? Every, every other children do it. Yes, but you don't. And why? Because you are the voice, man. You're being called by God to prepare a path before the Lord. <laughs> but they can do it. But you don't. <laughs> but why? Because you are the voice, once and once again. But they do, but you can't. Why? Because you are the voice. You are. You are. You are. You are. Identity, call, promises. I do believe that anyone who chooses to do the will of God, they will find it out. That was Jesus' promise. He says, if you really want, you will find it out. Why don't we just stand up? I want to close with this. <clears throat> God really wants us to take this planet into its maximum expression of His will. You know what is the sad part about that blessing? That He's not taking it away. Even if you don't know how to use it. In, there, are, there are other passages in the Bible where you can see that same, that same verb, male, take something into its maximum potential. And it's found again in Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, when God said, when he was looking at the earth and said, and the earth was filled, filled with violence. So what God is describing in the Bible in Genesis 6, in the days of Noah, was that somehow before the flood, men were able to take this planet into an expression of violence like this planet has knowing again. It's maximum potential. So if you think that things 
cannot get worse, let me tell you, they can. Because that blessing is over us. As, as race, we can take something to its maximum expression. But the good, good news about this is we can establish God's purposes in this earth. Yes, we can. You, you have been blessed. And God has a blessing for your family and your children. And then probably if you are single in this place, or if you are married but you didn't have any children, remember, God's calls are also individual. He also has a call for you. And he has an identity for you. And the sooner you get in terms with him, and we close the gap in between condition and position, you will start noticing that blessing. Father, thank you so very much. We just come before you with a humble heart. Father, thank you because one day you allow me to realize about this and start considering about my, my children and my children's children, your plans for my family. You have given us a name. You have given us a purpose. You have given us skills, talents. You have given us time. You have given us friends. You have given us the opportunity to go to different nations and just proclaim your name. You have given us your Holy Spirit. You have, you have paid our sins. You have freed us, Father, from any kind of curse or any kind of lackness. Thank you because today we can boldly say we are other and not under. We are fruitful and not frustrated. We are called to be a transformation family, a family of transformation, and we can be free, free out of deformation. We want to bless this city. We want to believe with you, with you Jesus, that this city can be an expression of your love. This city can be filled, filled. This city can reach its maximum potential, but for you and for your glory, because you have families in this place. You have families in the northern area of Austin, willing to ask you, what are your plans and purposes for my family? Come on, do it yourself. Right there where you are, start praying to God and just ask him, Father, what is that name that you have for us? What are those talents, skills that you have for our family, for our children? Father, and if today there are some children that are far away from their parents that are present in this auditorium today, and if they are running out of their purpose and their call, Holy Spirit, just bring them back home. We just release this word of blessing and we believe this blessing is going to catch them up <laughs> and bring them back in goodness into your purpose. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just 
interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you wanna grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.